Why? Yeah, you go, Hi, you everybody. Go. Yeah. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to In the Clubhouse with the Nats Report. We are your hosts, Jeremy Lapidus and Hayden Raymer. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We have a lot to talk about. We have the trade rumors. There's been a couple of those. We have, as always, our preview and breakdown. Oh, bless you. Thanks. I muted my as mic always, before I sneezed. <laughs> uh, we have, as always, our preview of the Mets series coming up, and we have a recap of the Rockies series, which the Nationals took two out of three games on. They did. They did. Yeah, really good series. You wanna you wanna break it down for us, Jeremy? I would love to. Game one, Rockies beat the Nationals, and the six. This uh, this wasn't a good game. Uh, Rockies, obviously when you give up 10 runs, it's not a good game. Uh, got to Patrick Corbin in this one. Uh, that's it's gonna happen sometimes with, with the way that Corbin is this season. Uh, he's up and down. He had had a couple good starts in a row. Uh, and the Rockies, they just, they got to him there. Which is fine. It happens. Side of that, I mean, they put up six runs. That's good. Usually, when the Nats put up six runs, they'll be competitive in a game. Uh, that's good news. This was also their only loss of the of the homestand so far. Uh, so, congratulations on having a very good homestand. Yeah, I mean that's their only loss that homestand. Yeah. Yeah. Game two. Nationals win six to five. We had a certified Joey bomb in this game. In the bottom of the eighth to uh -huh. give the Nats a lead. Kyle Finnegan closed it out. Did a great job with that. Uh, this game went through how many rain delays? Two. A lot. A lot uh, of rain two. delays. There, I think it was an hour and fifty-five minutes worth of, or an hour and fifteen. It was somewhere in between those two numbers, uh, worth of rain delays. Yeah. There were a lot of rain delays in this game. Uh, and I think that helped the Nats a little bit. I don't know why, but after they came out of that second rain delay, the Nats just took over the game. I mean, after, I think it was the Giants series, wasn't there, like, a ton of rain delays in that Giants series? Or was it the Cubs series? I think it was the I think it was the Giants series. I don't know. They've had a lot of rain delays lately. Like they're just used to it. Like they're you know they're yeah. they're rain delay veterans. You know. <laughs> but a six to five win, uh, is you know coming off the heels of they scored six runs three games in a row, you know, and they then they win two of them. Coming off the heels after giving up ten runs to to win another game is it's huge for getting the momentum back. Especially uh, when you score four runs in the bottom of the eighth. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And the final game of the series, we had a walk-off winner. The Nats won five to four on a C.J. Abrams walk-off uh, single uh, into right field. I believe this is his first walk-off. Yeah. 
Uh, I, I, let me look. I mean, I can At the top see. of my head, I believe it is. I know we've had a couple walk-offs this season, but I do not believe they were C.J. Abrams. Uh. Yeah, I'm gonna look and see. Uh, see what the beat reporters have said. Because, you know, they'll say it. Uh, I'm not seeing anyone saying it's his first, you know what I mean? So, like, you figure they would be like, oh, yeah, that was their first walk-off, or his first walk-off. But, yeah, no, I'm not seeing anything about him being his first walk-off. But I wouldn't be surprised if it was. Either way, a walk-off walk hit for, you know, a young shortstop. That's huge. I think it's his first. No? Maybe. Maybe. It's, it's not important. Really. It's not that important. Anyway, yeah. he had a walk-off hit. It's very exciting. Oh. What? This was a good series, all yeah. in all. Uh, obviously, when you win a series, it's a good series, especially for the way that this season's gone. Uh, like like I said, the Nats went 5-1 and one in this homestand. They beat a team that's fighting for a wild-card spot in the, excuse me, in the Giants. They swept them, and then they took out a bottom feeder in the Rockies, like uh, like we were talking about. But it's it's a good sign to see them continuing to compete and win games, even with uh, the trade deadline looming and all the changes that are going to happen there. Uh, it's, it's very encouraging that this team is continuing to play hard. Yeah, so, I mean, for sure. I'm, I'm uh, happy with this series. Yeah, after that game one, uh, I got a little scared. Because, I mean, we, you know, you and I, we are here a lot talking with the Nationals. Uh, we talk about the Nats a lot, uh, even just off air. Uh, and something we always talk about is how streaky this team is. And mm -hmm. after they dropped game one of that series in the fashion that they did, it's kind of like, oh, we're about to enter that, like, cold stretch. Where the Nats, you know, we're about to, we're about to watch some really bad baseball. Uh, and they, you know what, they came back and they, two walk off or not walk off, but two four a fourth inning, a four run eighth and a four run ninth. That's two really impressive wins. Uh, I mean, again, it's against the Rockies, so it's not like you know, taking down a juggernaut. But I mean, the Nats put themselves in a position to spoil the season now. Uh. In this upcoming series, uh, and I mean, you've, the key players that you want to see have success had success. Uh, you know, C.J. Abrams was great. Uh, Kybert Ruiz had some good knocks. Uh, you know, you're getting contribution from Heimer Candelario, who, sure, he's a trade piece in a couple in a week, less than a week. Uh, but he's a guy who, you know, he's boosting his stock. That's huge for the Nats. Uh, so. That, and you're getting solid starts. I mean, Jake Irvin had a really quality start. Uh, and then Trevor Williams, I don't remember. I mean, he had a decent it's okay. start. Yeah, he had a decent start. It was an elite. Jake Irvin's it... start was probably the best of the series, but yeah. it was cut short due to the rain delay. Uh, that's all right. And, I mean, 
their, their bullpen was solid uh, in those last two games. I mean, I'm double-checking my map here. It looks like they only gave up one run over those last two games, uh, which is good. You want to see yeah, that? Uh, speaking of the bullpen, uh, something we didn't talk about. Uh, after game two, uh, the Nats sent down uh, Amos Willingham and recalled up Andres Machado. No, I saw that. And uh, then he so, got the win. And then he got the win like, yesterday. Uh, Victor Robles got transferred to the 60-day IL, so he's not going to be eligible to return for a hot minute now. Uh, probably mm -hmm. not until... I don't September? even know when. Yeah, no, late August. Because uh, I'm looking here. He was sent on the IL on the 21st of June. So, mm -hmm. end of August is probably the earliest Robles can return, which is a little shocking. Just because, I mean... If you're like me and you're checking every beat writer's timeline uh, at all hours of the day, uh, you see that uh, he, he's, you know, in the clubhouse and he feels, you know, the best he has in a hot minute. Uh, so to see him put on the 60 days is a little like, oh, what's going on there? But uh, I'm sure we'll get some more clarity on that. And uh, yeah. Also, Riley Adams had a really good game. He's having like a snow really sneaky good season uh he just doesn't play enough he doesn't and i mean that's what we talked about uh in our yeah. last show and then the very next like series uh two games in they face a left-handed pitcher and they did the exact lineup that i asked them to do uh <laughs> which is nice i love it when they do that when they listen to me sometimes i know what i'm talking about other times i don't but that's okay yeah so i mean all around good series we got can throw out that one game because there was going to be some wacky stuff that happened. Especially after a sweep. Some... Yeah, told you there was going to be some wacky stuff in that game. There was some wacky stuff that happened. But we got past that, and they made it a good series. So, can we catch the Mets? I mean, when you look at it, the Nats are four and a half games behind the Mets. Uh, which, they're about to play a four-game set. You sweep them. You know, you're virtually <laughs> tied with the Mets, which, you know, coming into this year, nobody would believe you if you said that. So that's awesome. Uh, Josiah Gray, tonight, will take on, in just a little bit, we will take on Kode Senga, uh, you know, a rookie uh, who's having a really phenomenal year. Uh, you know, he's like the best pitcher on the Mets this year. Uh, Mackenzie Gore, tomorrow, will take on Max Scherzer. I mean, you hear Mets fans complain about Max Scherzer. He hasn't been an ace, but he's been a solid starter. Uh, it's just, you know, more of the same. Home runs have been an issue for him. Uh, then, the next day, you have Patrick Corbin taking on Carlos Carrasco. Uh, Carrasco, you know, a veteran innings-eating type arm. And then, on Sunday, Trevor Williams will take on Justin Verlander, who, again, I mean, he it's hard to replicate the season he had last year. Especially when you're, you know, 40 years old. Uh, but he's having a really solid year as well. Uh, so, should be an interesting series. Uh, do you want to talk about those pitching matchups? Is there a particular matchup that sticks out to you, Jeremy? Yeah, I mean, as a Nats fan, as I'm sure everyone here listening who is also a Nats fan, you always love to see Scherzer pitch. Uh, and the Gore-Scherzer matchup, I mean... 
that's going to be fun to watch. I'm mm-hmm. always a big fan of pitching, and if Gore has his if Gore has his stuff working, like I know he can, that's going to be an incredible game to watch. To yeah, to tune into. So that's that's the one big matchup that I'm highlighting there. Uh, also, the first game of this series, uh, Josiah Gray versus Kodai Sanga. That's another really good matchup. You talked about how the season that Kodai Sanga's had, um, and obviously Josiah Gray was our all-star candidate here. Representative, um, not a good candidate. Excuse me, yes, representative. I couldn't think of the word. <laughs> what would you do without me? I I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> but no, th- those these first two games are going to be really good matchups. Um both Gray and Kodai Senga, you know, they they have their off nights, you know. So it's going to be, it's either going to be a really low-scoring game or it's going to be a really high-scoring game. Uh, but either way, I think it'll be fun to watch both of these. But the, these first two games are going to be something I tune into. Yeah, I mean, when you look at, I mean... The Mets have had such a dreadful year. They're 47 and 54. Uh, not exactly where we pictured them to start the year. And when you look at what they've done, I mean, their offense is, Excuse me. you know, if you look at by OPS, the Nationals have had a better OPS than them as a team this year. Uh, by... You know, they're pitching. It's not much better than what the Nationals have done. I mean, their bullpen has been better. But, I mean, saying you have a better bullpen than one of the worst teams in the league isn't exactly something to, you know, brag about. Uh, They're just bad instead of, you know, terrible. Uh, But, I mean, this series seems winnable. Is that weird to say? It seems winnable. I think a sweep is too much to ask. Uh, especially in a four-game series, but mm-hmm. the series is definitely winnable. I think we can definitely take at least two games. Uh, again, it depends on... Uh, it really depends on the, the starting pitching, because both teams have guys starting that are either incredible or have uh, or are just okay to mm-hmm. bad, you know? It depends on how they come out that night, and I feel pretty confident in the Nats being able to at least split this series. Yeah, I mean, when you're, I'm looking at the roster for the Mets a little bit deeper, and I mean, they have a similar issue that the Nationals have, where they have three guys where those are kind of the guys that the team can trust uh, with a lead, right? You know, where if the starter hands off. The, you know, the game hands off the ball after the sixth inning, it's okay, you know. They'll have Brooks Raley, Adam Adovino, and David Robertson come in and, like, you know, finish the game. But, you know, if you get those starter knocked out early or if, you know, you burn those guys early in the series, things get a little shaky for the Mets. Uh, I mean, Drew Smith hasn't been all that great this year. Uh, he has a 4-1-5 ERA. Uh, Trevor Gott, who came over in that Chris Flexen weird trade where they immediately DFA'd him, uh, he's been decent. Uh, he hasn't been the most incredible pitcher, but, you know, he's there. Uh, I mean, then it's just, there's not a whole lot there where you're like, 
excited. It's like, oh yeah, you know, it's not like the guy Devin Williams or Hater, you know, back there. Uh, which I guess you know that's you know having Edwin Diaz go down with uh, the knee injury that kind of yeah sucks. It hurts that hurts yeah. you're, you're seeing it right here. Uh, <laughs> what not having a closer does. But I mean that lineup, it's weird that they're not. It's weird better. they're not hitting because they have names, you know. Yeah, they have all the names. If they they do have all the names. Uh, I mean, they have Tommy you know, they Pham have the, being one of their best hitters. Yeah, he's their leader in average right now. Uh, you know, you have Jeff McNeil who just came off the NL batting crown, you know, and he's he's hitting two fifty right now. Uh, with a three twenty three slugging. Yeah. Uh, you know, Pete Alonso's been hurt. Uh, so is Starlin Marte, but I mean, these there's other guys, you know, Francisco Lindor. He's been doing better recently, but he's still his stats don't look that good. But these names, they have the potential. It's the same thing. We've done a couple series against the Cardinals this season. Mm-hmm. It's the same kind of thing. They have the lineup to be a great team. They just aren't. Mm-hmm. You know, and you never know when they're gonna explode. It could happen anytime. Yeah, I mean, we talk about how the Nats, right? They're they're this great like batting average. They're I mean, when you look at who leads the league in batting average, they're six in the league. So, you know, we know yeah. they can hit their singles, but you know, for power, they don't walk <laughs> a lot. They don't hit for power. So, you know, something like on base percentage, the Mets are still behind the Nats. You know, you would think, okay, they got these big power guys who, you know, three true outcomes, they're gonna strike out, they're gonna walk and to kinda make up for it. The Nats still have a better on-base percentage, and, I mean, they have a better slugging percentage than the Mets. Sure, I mean, some of that comes from, you know, having such a high batting average, but the Nats' offense has just been better, which, I mean, if you told me that at the beginning of the year, I, you know, the Nats have a better offense as we're nearing the trade deadline, I'd be like, what are you on? Like... Get out of here. Uh, but it's true. I mean, they, they've been better. Uh, which, you know, I mean, you take with that what you will. Uh, now, I mean, park-adjusted stats have the Mets better, uh, which I guess does play into it a little bit. But still, I don't know. I find that really interesting. Yeah, it definitely is. It's uh. It's the Mets. The Mets are gonna I mean, met. They're gonna met, and they they meted so hard this year. <laughs> uh, last year they they just barely meted. This year, this year they saved it all up from last year, and they were like, "Take it, take all the met." Uh, you know. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, it's just it's been a mess. Uh. <laughs> Brandon Nimmo is one of the few bright spots in that lineup still. I mean, he's hitting 260, 356, 443. That's not like an MVP, but it's certainly respectable. Uh, Pete Alonso, like you said, I mean, once you get past the 216 batting average, which I'm sure there's some bad luck with batted balls there, his line, if that creeps up, 
he starts to become a little bit respectable. But, like, Jeff McNeil is far off from having a respectable season. Francisco Lindor is not having a Francisco Lindor year. Uh, and, I mean, you look at the rest of this lineup. It's just, I, I don't know what's going on. You got a bunch of rookies who you're kind of relying on. Uh, and then a veteran rotation that's, you know, they're not elite anymore. They're solid mid-rotation guys at this point. But, you know, Justin Verlander isn't going to be winning a Cy Young at age 40. Scherzer is not going to be winning one at age 39. And there's no one's taken a step forward, which I guess happens when your entire rotation is over the age of 30. Yeah. Uh, I... You know what? If there is one organization, though, that I trust to turn around just like that mm -hmm. and then immediately turn right around again, it's the Mets. They'll find a way. Next season, they'll be good, and then they'll blow it again. Mm -hmm. And then, I don't know. It's it's the Mets, man. They're they're a mystery. They've got some kind of curse over them or something. Yeah. They gotta go burn sage in the clubhouse or something. I don't know. <laughs> it's just, it's wild. Because, I mean, I guess we can, this is a little too much, uh, more non-Nats show thing. But, I mean, just when you look at the roster, like, what what are they going to do, you know? Like, do you trade all these, like, you know players that you do. just gave they're, a ton of money gonna, to? Or are we just going to roll it back next year and hope it works better? It they're going to run it back and they're going to spend more money. That's what they're going to do. I mean, I don't know. I, I just, it's crazy, the Nats have a better offense than them right now yeah yeah i don't know so i guess we'll pivot a little bit uh we didn't talk too much about the mets let's go back to the nats uh who's <laughs> your nat to watch for this series uh i think last time you did a pretty good job didn't you did i, I said cj abrams i did yeah. he did a good job he had a good he did, series he did have a good um series. my nat to watch I want to see uh, Jamer Candelario continue to hit. I mean, there's no way he doesn't know he's getting traded. I just want to see that his heart's still with the team. In oh, his he final... is. Yeah, is. he knows yeah. he's getting traded, and there, there's no way to avoid that knowing. I just want to see that he's still playing hard for this team uh, in his last however many games. You never know when he's actually going to get traded, but... It might be halfway through the series. It might be tomorrow. You know, it. It's. I just want to see him, for the remaining time on the Nats, continue to play hard. Yeah, I mean, he's. You can go and read. There's a bunch of good articles. Uh, I think, Washington Post put one out earlier today. I think it was either by, Jesse Dottery or Andrew Golden. I can't remember which one of the two, put that one out. Uh. But, you know, talks about Heimer and how important he is to the team. Uh, my nat to watch. Jeremy. You're, you're not. This one's going to shock you. Similar reason. Uh, but less more less because, you know, want him to still be with the team. And more because want him to boost his value as much as he can over these final few days. Corey Dickerson. Is I he like even a, starting today? I think so. Yes, he is. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to see Corey Dickerson pop off this series. You know, like, I want him to raise his batting average, like, 20 points <laughs> at a minimum. Like, I, I want him to literally just be dominant uh, this series, and I'll be happy. Because uh, if he doesn't get traded, he's not on the roster uh, on August 2nd. And so I'd rather him get traded than cut. So, go pop off. Boost your yeah. trade stock, man. Help yourself and the Nats. I bet you Candelaria gets traded in this series, though. Within the series? Yeah. Yeah, before I mean, the series ends. Because I've... they're going to be in New York anyway, and... You think you he's know. one of the Yankees? Yeah, I do. You do? Now, I have, a, I have a question for you, Jeremy. Yeah. Do you think the Nationals... Not... Should they? Do you think they would, if they do trade him to the Yankees, like you are, are suggesting, do you think they take on Josh Donaldson in return? And what? Like, and in prospects. To, like, do you think they would do that? <sighs> uh, Just so you're aware, he is on the 60-day IL. Uh was put there 11 days ago. So likely would never play a game in the Nationals uniform. I mean and he just has a mutual option next year. So it's a 6 I million guess, dollar buyout. I guess. Do you think they would? I think they would. I don't think they should, but I think if that's the piece that makes it happen, I think they would. Well, I think part of it is yeah, it would help the Yankees a lot uh, when you look at their payroll. I mean, according to Fangraphs, it's already at an estimated $274 million, uh, which is a good bit. Uh, I mean, even if the Yankees just sent a little bit of cash back, you know, I was like, okay, cool, we'll pay that $6 million option for you guys next year. And just you eat the rest of the salary to kind of take a little bit of money off their books. I think you could get a... No, I'm not saying you're getting, you know, you're going from getting Trey Sweeney, who, you know, a solid prospect in the Yankees organization, to Jason Dominguez, who uh, people have been talking about since he's before he signed, since he was 16, uh, just because of how, you know, the tools are outrageous with this kid. He's been a top 100 prospect since he's 16. Like, just talk about how crazy that is. Uh, That's insane. I don't think that's, you know, how much that affects things. But I think you can get a slightly better prospect if you're taking Candelario. And I, you know, or if you're taking Josh Donaldson's money back. And I think I think you do do that. Uh, I don't think he's going to the Yankees, though. I think he's an angel. Uh, John Morosi was kind of talking about that last night. Uh, the only reason why I think that didn't get done last night is maybe the Nats wanted Kai Bush. That's the only thing I can think of that's pulling this up, and now they have to find a different prospect. Mm. Or maybe he's a twin. I don't know about that. Maybe, though. Maybe. I don't know. There's a lot of landing spots that make sense for him. There's not, like, a perfect fit. You know what I mean? There's a lot that makes sense. I think they just gotta find the one that makes the most sense for the Nets. Who's going to yeah. give us the best deal? 
Who's gonna do it? Who's gonna do it? <laughs> do you have any other uh, anything else you want to talk about, Mr. Jeremy? I think we're good. I think we're, we're good. good. All right. Well, thank you everybody for tuning in to In the Clubhouse with the Nats Report. Uh, make sure to go check out the site. Uh, Ryan is writing a bunch of uh, game previews and recaps for us now. So, you know, thanks for joining the team, Ryan. Love your work. Uh, doing a good job making my life easier. Gives me more stuff to link to in the morning briefing, which comes out every single weekday. Uh, where you can read about the latest Nats headlines and you know minor league games recaps. Uh, read about prospects. I like talking about prospects on there. Uh, and I also link other stuff so you get all your major league news as well. Uh, I'll definitely keep me busy with the trade deadline. Uh, and you know of course, you know follow Jeremy on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter. Follow the Nats report on Twitter and Instagram and Threads and everything else. And uh, yeah. I've been Hayden. This is I've been Jeremy. And uh we'll see you all after this series. Yeah. Thank you all for tuning in. Bye.